Welcome to episode 27 of the Ministry at Scale podcast, where we share tips and trends from industry leaders to help you multiply digital impact. Today, we bring you some of the latest trends in using digital to reach the unreached around the world. We'll discuss missions and media, businesses mission, digital missionaries, PhDs, and much more. And by the way, PhDs isn't what you think it is. One thing we talk about a lot here is reaching the right people at the right time with the right message. And a big part of that is your ability to personalize your calls to action on your website. If you aren't personalizing your website, you can be with a product like Journey. Journey is the first personalization platform built specifically for ministries and nonprofits. Take our free personalization challenge and start connecting to your website visitors today. Go to journey.com personalization dash challenge. That's journey.com personalization dash challenge. a number of us are captivated by the model of Jesus, an incarnational model, and Jesus became flesh. He came to where the people were. Well, if that applies, and John and I have been missionaries in foreign contexts and learned foreign languages, if that's the case, then shouldn't we, ought we not be incarnational in the digital world where people are swiping or scrolling and just, you know, kind of crust, crust over their, whatever their screen is, is that's where they're spending six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. We want them to find Jesus. today we have a priv- the privilege of hearing two people who are super passionate about something that's dear to my heart, and that's using digital media for missions and ministry. Clyde Tabor, he's founder of the Visual Studio Network. Clyde is also a veteran of, of using media missions. He served with Crew, Jesus Film, and he's currently the founder and director of both the Visual Story Network and Mission Media U. We also have John Rawls of Kavanaugh Media, which is a business as mission organization. We hope to touch on that a little bit later. John is also the host of the podcast, Christian Media Marketing. So welcome to both of you. So glad to have you both with us today. Delighted to be here. Yep. So John, if I'm not mistaken, you just hit a big milestone on your podcast. You just released your 100th episode. That is a huge milestone. Congratulations, brother. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, that's right. Uh, I had that's no right. idea how long it would last and I'm thankful for it. And I'm hoping that it's, yeah, that it's a blessing um, to, to, to people that are my heroes, the workers that are out there, the small churches, people like that, that are trying to make Jesus famous. Um, if I can help them by uh, helping them not to make new mistakes uh, and not the same ones, then, yep, I'm, I'm thankful for it. So I had no idea though, Chad, I had no dream of hitting a hundred. And so now we'll, We'll see what happens next. That's that's awesome. So I'm going to put you on the spot. T- give yep. us just a few of the learnings that you've had over the last, what, two years or so as you've uh, hit, hit 100, 100 podcasts. Uh, I think, uh, well, I, I would guess if somebody wants to do this and they need to get, they need to get comfortable with the idea that they don't know have all of the answers. And so there's a little mm-hmm. bit about this imposter syndrome. There's a little bit about who am I to talk about this? There's a, there's a tribe that's built 
Mm. I would say now after a hundred episodes, there are people that are friends of mine. Like they're just mm. my friends that have communicated that are trying things. And it's a week doesn't go by where I don't have somebody reach out to me saying, Hey, you don't know who I am. And, but I've been listening to your podcast or we're trying this or we're doing something like that. And it's just humbling to do that. And so, but I think you have to be, you, you have to be okay with saying, well, I, I said this on episode 30 and now I'm saying this on 50, which is, <laughs> I didn't have a clue or whatever back yeah. there, because it's yeah. especially where I, what I do with Christian media marketing, it's always changing. Social always. media changes at a speed and scale that's especially recently. So I think I'm learning, you know, consistency is pays off. Mm -hmm. I've watched my numbers itself month after month of growing. And if you, you know, if you want to do something that matters, it's that long walk in one direction. And, yeah. you know, it's just grit and grace. It's just consistency and stuff. And then I guess I would say the other part of it is just being authentic. Mm. Like, I mean, the, the people that the people that like me and the people that don't probably have the same basis of why on it. And I'm just trying to be who I am on these kind of things. And, yeah. and that's a part of what comes into the podcast. And we've started a new video show. And, and so now they get to see my ugly mug. And, and you know, so um, there's, yeah, that, I think those are the things I'm taking away from it is that I like it. I like it as a medium too. Um, podcast or video trainings, YouTube's blogs, writing, whatever is an opportunity to scale training yeah. and teaching in a way. And yeah. it's asynchronous, which to me then allows people to partake of it when they need it, you know, and as much as they want of it. And so the fact that it continues to grow is just kind of a surprise to me, but I'm thankful and, um, I don't hold on to it either. I think that would probably be the other lesson to it is like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with, um, whatever the Lord's going to do with it. And if mm -hmm. he decides next week, all right, it's done. It's served its purpose. Then I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not trying to build a brand. So even when I talk about numbers and stuff on that, mm -hmm. it's, that's, that's not the driver there. To me, it's like every one of those numbers is a person who is a hero of mine making Jesus famous. So if I can help him, great. And when it stops, then it's okay. Cause I mean, it's free. It's not like it's, yeah, we're a business's mission. So it's not like it's making me money. It's not, you know, it's not, that's not a driver there. It's, we just want to help uh, at the end of the day. I just want to help as many people as possible, make Jesus famous. And so I'm thank I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the opportunity to do it. Oh, that's great. I love what you said about grit and grace and consistency over time, and then holding things with an open hand, knowing mm -hmm. that uh, if God were to take it away, you know, you're not holding on to it too tightly that it would hurt if he has to pry it from your hands. Yeah. And that's a, a good way to live life. Yeah. Well, so, so you both have been involved in using media, storytelling, digital, social media, specifically in the mission, kind of a forefront on the missions, missions area. I, I would love to hear what, just a cliff notes version of what brought you to this place where you're so passionate about media, storytelling, social media and missions. And uh, Clyde, let's start with you. Yeah, I think, you know, when we founded the Visual Story Network 14 years ago, it was how can we help the church around the world use media for the Great Commandment and the Great Commission? Why? Because media is pervasive. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about the, cinema, the big screen, the cinema screen, the television screen, the computer screen, and now <laughs> the biggest screen is the smallest screen. 
you know, is the mobile devices in every purse, palm, and pocket essentially in the world. More mobile phone subscriptions than there are human beings on planet Earth, like the most rapidly adopted technology in human history. And then with that come the, just the amount of time, how much time people spend in digital spaces mm. is by and large in many studies verify unhealthy, but regardless, it's where people are. And so I think a number of us are captivated by the model of Jesus, an incarnational model, and Jesus mm. became flesh. He came to where the people were. Well, if that applies, and John and I have been missionaries in foreign contexts and learned foreign languages, if that's the case, then shouldn't we, ought we not be incarnational in the digital world where people are swiping or scrolling and just, you know, kind of pressed, pressed over their, whatever their screen is, is that's where they're spending six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day. We want them to find Jesus and find community and find redemption. That's, I think, the calling. And there's some really new things happening, like at the ends of the earth with the way God is kind of birthing some new strategies about how people are being reached through these platforms. Mm. Mm, that's great. How about you, John? Yeah, I think it is. So I'm really appreciative of people like Clyde and even with the organizations like he's worked with. So people like Gabe Handy, Josh Newell, um, people like Tessie with Lumo. Uh, people, Those other guys are with the Jesus Film Project. Not a small yeah. word, by the way. Yep. Yeah, uh, and people like uh, Mike Schrage at GMPI and these other media people that are out there. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've just always loved media. And so I did my graduate work at the University of Missouri in communication. And, and so I've, I've always valued communication itself. And and so I I stumbled into this world that I'm in right now and to doing this in some ways because of the scale and speed. Hmm. There has never been another point in time of history, except for the Pax Romano, except for the very beginning of the church, to to reach to the to the darkest places that are out there. And so we're in a spiritual war and we have to use every tool possible in the best way that we can mm. to get the good news out there. And, and and Clyde's right. There's people that are carrying these devices in their pockets and are spending hours on end looking at it. And we have, in essence, completely changed and seen the change of how you do missions. So I went to Taiwan. I, I lived there a little over eight years. I speak Mandarin. I've been into the big country. I've talked to people all over. Uh, we're working in 73 plus countries right now as, mm -hmm. as a business's mission. And, and, and I'm looking at what's happening and through the use of media and strategies, who the Holy Spirit is working in, those people are reaching out through social media to people who will introduce them to who Jesus is. This is a completely different paradigm. Instead of when I went to the field, which is I'm out looking for people that are interested, I'm doing English camps, I'm we're practicing soccer, I'm playing my guitar, we're doing whatever we can to draw a crowd and meet people or whatever, hoping that maybe we'll find somebody that's interested. Instead, 24-7, seven days a week, everywhere around the world, we're putting out content that people are seeing, and then they are reaching out, contacting mm -hmm. these workers, saying, can you tell me more about Jesus? Can Where can I get a Bible? Where can I watch more? And so it is, I mean, it, to me, it's it's a revolution. It's unbelievable. Amen. And it's one, 
it's one that we have right now and no promises that we'll have even six months to a year from now. And so the more we can get doing it, the more our churches who've just gone through this pandemic can learn how to leverage technology and media, the, the better off the kingdom is going to be. And so I believe with all of my heart that we could finish the task. And I believe with all of my heart, for sure, even if Jesus doesn't come back, that there should be no reason that there are any unengaged or unreached people groups. We can get the message of Jesus in every language to every person. And so when you start looking at 7 billion people using media and technology and the tools we have available, it's doable. It's, it's, it's actually doable for the very first time in the history of this world. Praise God. That's uh, I mean, that's inspiring just to be able to think about that and see the, see the, uh, the, the tools and the resources that, that God's, uh, yes, there's dangers galore and all mm -hmm. kinds of things. We might talk about some of those, but the opportunities are, are, are out there. John, you've yeah. mentioned a couple of times business's mission. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure some of our folks, our listeners may be aware of that, but some may not. So just, just talk to us a little bit about that. What is business's mission? How does that work? What's that look like for in your context? Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the question. I will say from the very beginning, I, this is my experience in doing it and stuff. So we came back. I was actually on staff at a really large church. It's, it averages about 25,000 a week. And we I've just had this dream doing what we're doing. So mm -hmm. using these skills to try to you know, find seekers. And at the same time as when I got a cancer diagnosis, which makes perfect sense to quit your insurance and your job and go try to start a business and do this. <laughs> but for me, it was the quickest way to get back in the game. Hmm. That was one reason. Instead of spending a year or two years trying to raise support, it was how do I go right now? Then how can I get back in the game the fastest that I can? And then for me, not for everybody, but for me, I've always been an entrepreneurial type of person. I like to start things. I like to think about it. I read business yeah. books. I That's how God created me. And so it was to me, it was a, a, a marriage of these two parts of who I was, which took 50 years before I got to the point where I could accept that, that those were part yeah. of just how God made me. I also think that this is important for the kingdom. There's access that comes in when you have this a business to be able to get into it. So that's marketplace ministry or business's mission. I would say that there is a benefit that comes because I work with at least 18 different mission organizations hmm. is because they can they can trust me that I'm not just aligned to one or, or whatever. So there's a lot of that data and those things that come into it. Sure. And then I think I learn a lot from this because when you're doing business, if you don't do it well, nobody buys your product. <laughs> Where with a nonprofit, if you don't do it well, as long as you tell stories well, you can raise money and survive. And that sounds yeah. harsh. And I, I don't mean it in I, maybe I do, I do mean it, but I don't mean it in a mean negative way. I'm just saying for me, it keeps me keeps me sharp and it forces me to make sure that what we're doing is a benefit to do that. Now, I will tell you, we're a terrible business. Because when I talk to anybody and they say, oh, well, you know, so you're a business, what do you charge? I, I tell them. And then if they go, oh, well, we can't afford you. I go, that's fine. 
uh, then I'll do it anyway. So it's the worst negotiation in the world. We're the worst business ever <laughs> because I've been trying to give my business away. I tried to sell it to somebody even and say, here, just I'll come on board with you all. I like, And God just keeps pushing me back into the scene saying, nope, you're going to run a little bit longer and, and you're going to try to do this. And so it was for us, it was a way to get back in the game. I think it gives us great access. It, it, it lets us know if we're serving a real need that way. And um, so, yeah, for us, it's been a great fit. Now, yeah. once again, it may change. And a year from now, we may take on a completely different model or a hybrid or just move to nonprofit or, or whatever, because there's benefits over there, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm in no way wanting to say it's the better way. But for us, it's been a good it's been a good path. So, so for you, business's mission means you're running a for profit business, but you're yep. doing it with an eternal purpose. I, I think yeah, I think that's a yeah, I think that's a great way to say it from um, is that we only work with Christian mission orgs and with churches. I'm not trying to sell widgets. I'm not trying to do any of those kind of things. Yeah. We made a cap of our income from the very beginning. We made a covenant to the Lord. God, if you'll bless this business, all we want to do is be a blessing. And so for me to pay other people is one of the greatest blessings in the world. And to yeah. give generously to my church is an unbelievable joy. Uh, I mean, I can't believe the joy that comes from that. And so, yeah, I I am unapologetically have three filters, Chad, in my life, and and that's where cancer brought. It was the best thing mm -hmm. in the world to to come into my life. It was my faith, what's bringing the gospel where it isn't. My family, I want to spend time with them and treasure every day. And then my finances. After mm -hmm. thirty plus years of ministry, I realized I had nothing for my family to give to them if the Lord takes me quickly. And so. Um, I want to be a blessing and finances is just one way that we can do that. And we can all do that. So that's what business has mission for me, at least has, has been about. Oh, that's helpful. I think sometimes the picture up there, business's mission is that you're working overseas, you're living overseas, maybe working for a company, but actually reaching out in on the ground sure. right there. And uh, well, and yeah. that's that is true, and that's a part yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you this as well. Um, nothing's free. So even for nonprofits and work and things that happen, somebody's paying for it. Mm -hmm. It just mm -hmm. tends to be donors. I'm just going back to the people that hopefully are benefiting from us. Yeah and saying, yeah. hey, can, can you come into it? And if they can't afford it, we say yes anyway. So what yeah. you're describing is actually probably a more accurate description of most businesses of, as mission or marketplace ministries. Yeah, good. So, so, so we know the gospel doesn't change, right? G Jesus offers the same gift of grace and hope today as he did 2000 years ago. And yet the way in which that gospel is communicated, media has changed drastically, whether it was the uh, printing press to radio to television to internet and all the things that internet touches now social media and everything else uh, with that in mind what are some of the biggest opportunities that both of you are seeing out there for organizations to use media digital media to reach people with the gospel well i'll, I'll jump in with this project that john and i are kind of hooked at the hips on along with a number of other partners um, is is what's being called mediated movements. But essentially, there is a fresh move of God's spirit, particularly among um, missional teams in unreached countries or countries with a, 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 a very small 
Christian presence or virtually none. And so where cross-cultural workers are going and trying to find that fertile soil, like John and I did, you know, when we were in different organizations in different continents, you know, it's like you do, like you said, you spend time trying to gather people, do surveys, whatever it is, random evangelism to try to find those people on whom God is working at that moment. And that's a, that's a slow process. And, mm-hmm. and one of our friends who's a researcher cites other sociologists who say that, you know, at any given time, two plus percent of any population is open to religious change. Life happens to them mm-hmm. because of a disaster, a personal crisis, a setback, whatever. And it rattles your cage. And all of a sudden you're, you're starting to consider a world outside of the framework that you've always lived within. So what we're finding is, is a number of teams are adopting a strategy that John and others and I have been a part of, of helping him develop and distribute and teach on is, is like, well, then if you're trying to reach a certain person, let's just say a 35, a 30 to 40 year old outside in Serbia or, you know, wherever this may be, target, do a, an ad campaign, a Facebook ad campaign, drive them to your to content that will kind of scratch where they're itching spiritually but then bring them into an online digital connection to try to filter out like, okay, is this person sincere? Are they really seeking? Are they just, are they a hater? Are they whatever? And then once you've established that, then really bring them into a relationship that can walk with someone to help them find faith, grow in faith, multiply in faith. And so a couple of years ago, there were probably a handful of teams anywhere in the world doing this. You know, then we started doing some coalition stuff and then we did some research. And so a year ago, we could identify 73 teams around the world with different organizations, different continents doing this. And this last year, or just February, we finished a report and now we can identify over 200 teams that are implementing this strategy. And we, we expect that will continue to multiply rapidly. So sort of the diffusion of innovation curve with the, the rate of adoption, you know, the early adopters, the innovators, early adopters are in the majority. So very exciting because in hard to reach places, there's like this team in Serbia or Bosnia rather said, we spent 10 years trying everything we could come up with to find seeking people, including goat farming. Like they tried everything. And in wow. the end, it was media movements that broke the, like broke the, the block that had been their thing. And in 20 days, they had more spiritual engagement with a media movement strategy than the 10 years prior. That's, That's like, that gets John and I both very excited. Yeah. So what does that look like? What practically, what does media to movements look like as you're engaged with, with a person or an organization or an overseas church with, and help them figure this out? You go, John. Well, with that team that he's talking about, I flew over there and I sat in a room with them and I walked, looked at each one of them in the eye. And I said, how long have you been in this country? Eight years. How many people have you baptized? None. And I just asked each one around the room and I wanted them to feel the pain that they already knew, which was what you're doing isn't maybe working. Hmm. And I like to work with PhDs. So uh, people that are poor, hungry, and desperate. I find that they tend to be the best ones at this. And so they were there and they were, they love Jesus. They were a coalition. It was more than one org. And they were willing to do the hard work. So they researched and they worked with people and we launched some ads. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept 
going at it. And that's been part of their key to success. Their breakthroughs have happened more recently um, mm -hmm. than what was happening at the beginning. But when you get 19 people that download a Bible or a person that reaches out saying, I thought I was the only one who was mm -hmm. seeking that looks so good compared mm. to when you're there in this place where they go, this is where missionaries come to die. This is the graveyard mm. of this. And it's interesting. I've heard that now from so many different workers in so many different countries. They all think ours is the hardest. I can tell you that in every country, if given time that we've run this in, we are finding spiritually, spiritually open seekers and connecting them up with people who will go offline and disciple them to be disciple makers themselves. So it starts with, honestly, with many of these teams, what we have seen is that there's not one pathway, but there's a commonality hmm. to this. So what is that commonality? Well, they they hear about it, they read about it, they go through something like Clyde's training with him and the others that are there at MMU, and they go, oh yeah, we want to do this. They listen to a podcast or they, they see somebody at a conference like EMDC or something else. So they hear about it and they're PhDs. They're like, hey, what we're doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. And so they're open to change. They're open to try to risk to do this. And at that point, there's a bunch of us that are all just trying to work together, try to stay in our swim lanes, figure it out. What do we do well? What does this person do well? How can we complement and lift each other up to do it? And so these teams are, are getting cross-fertilized in essence. And that's, to me, a really powerful thing. So yeah. they're doing it. They're trying it. They're learning. They're getting shut down. They're getting zero results. They're, they're frustrated. They're, you know, some are seeing fruit. There's others who – there's a team I was just with the call with this week, uh, yesterday – and they, they're seeing tremendous results. Hmm. So the concern I have with it, honestly, is more that, that we commoditize it or hmm. that we promote it as a magic bullet. It's not. Hmm. It, it hmm. is not that. It is something that takes a lot of time to do. And so what is ending up, I think what's happening from this is we're now branching into two or three or four different streams of what this looks like that are that you kind of can jump actually from one stream to the other. And it just depends on the team, their capabilities, where they are, their, you know, all of those things that come into it. But there is some commonality. You've got to get training. You've got to set up some of these tools. And then you, you give Persist. it a try. You just keep going, you know, yeah. you, you get up the next day and you do it again. And of those teams that came into this survey that Clyde helped put together with Dr. Frank, those, um, that's a commonality of these teams is they, they're, they're willing to try. They're really, they just keep yes. trying. They just yeah. keep pushing forward. And, and that, that's that grit and grace. That's what's going to see Jesus get famous in the places where they are. No, that's so, so I'm curious, as far as opportunities, it sounds like you're testing a lot of different strategies and different tactics to be able to get folks, the media to the movement area. Is there one or two of those strategies or tactics that either one of you can share that say, you know, this one seems to work consistently across the board right now? Yeah, I would say prayer hmm. um, at, from a marketing side of it. Um, I'm not saying it's a, a magic bullet, Chad. I'm not saying you just run an ad on prayer and you're going to have a movement. I'm not saying any of that. But if you're a church or a mission or anything and you 
you put out content that that maybe for people it's revolutionary they've never heard it that that there's a person named jesus and he is god's son and he has the power to answer those prayers to provide mm -hmm. hope for you and there's tremendous media that's out there that goes with this and then you follow it up with a campaign that basically just says how can we pray for you so it's a message. It's Facebook Messenger. It's WhatsApp. It's Line, depending on what country we're in or whatever. People respond. That's one. And then you learn about people. Instead of assuming, you let them tell you what are their pain points, what are they mm -hmm. long. And then the challenge, the thing that I say to people all the time is, what would Jesus say to this person? Mm. If he was facing them and they said, this is my prayer request, what would he say? Because all digital does is allow us to have that conversation with a thousand people. But we have to keep coming back to what would we do physically? If I'm sitting at a table with a person having a cup of coffee and they share this pain point in their life, what scripture would I use? How would I talk to them? What would Jesus say to them there? And when we've seen these types of campaigns, I think it's fantastic for the ministries to understand their people better, but to introduce Jesus as a person who answers prayer, the person who has power, you know, the God's son who can do that. So prayer is one. The other one I would say that has seen tremendous results are either, it's kind of a combination, a testimony hmm. of people, especially in unreached places. If you can get a person who shares their testimony of how they came to Jesus, how their life has changed, in the local heart language of the people you're trying to reach mm -hmm. and you can use local footage it doesn't have to be great you can shoot it on an iphone or whatever there's whole courses that clive could tell you about of people this is their ministry teaching people how to do ministry using their cell phones to do it mm -hmm. those testimony ones are extremely powerful because that one person in bosnia said i thought i was the only one that has spurred to me this desire to let everybody in the world know you are not alone you, I don't care where you are, you are not alone. There are others like you who have either found Jesus and want to introduce you or who are looking for him as well. And so we've seen good results through these testimonies and the, the actual testimonies have been a blessing. So in mm. several countries, we've had local believers praying in that local language for their nation in the midst of COVID and the pandemic. A, a Christian prayer for others as well is this testimony or prayer the i will tell you in a couple of these countries i will never again in my life see the engagement and the positive engagement mm -hmm. in some of these hardest hardest places where normally you just get angry angry people responding back to it all of a sudden it was unbelievable numbers of positives not all of them coming to faith but just they were so moved by these prayers in their local language, for their nation, for their people, from a Christian, that it was a tremendous impact. Those are, at least for me, a couple examples. You know, and I'll just I, add a quick, a quick yeah. bonus round is, I think with this strategy, one of the things that sets it apart from like, you know, a typical like social media, hey, we've got our Facebook campaign, we boosted our ad or whatever it is, and we got X number of likes, is there is a very profound intentionality of having a very great commissioned mindset of we want people to find Jesus and not just find him, but follow him. Mm -hmm. And part of following him is becoming one who makes followers. So there's a, from the beginning, you know, a reverse engineering kind of an attitude of our goal is, you know, again, using the vanity metrics, clicks and likes and views and what have you. Um, but 
that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. So but if we can see people whose lives are being changed, then that does require this, like uh, this, just a very deep intentionality about following Jesus' commands to make disciples who make disciples, you know, mm-hmm. baptize them, teach them. So they will teach them to keep or follow yeah. or obey all the stuff that I've been telling you. Um, and so there's one of the research components is, is we're finding that a lot of people are, and a lot of churches are already doing this, which is super like doing the, the footprint and the targeting and the personas and so forth. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a mechanism to br- like filter those people and then bring them into a human discipleship process, mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna, it's, it's very short circuited. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I, I, there's several things I love about both what both you guys have said. One is that it's about multiplication and mm. it's disciple, not just disciple making, but disciple making disciples and uh, that, that multiplication factor. Cause that's, I mean, that's the, that's the heart of the, that's the heart of the great commission. And uh, um, then, then in, in your answer, you, it's so easy for those of us who are engaged with technology to start with the technology, say, you know, what's working? Oh, Facebook ads are working or, something like that, but starting with the content and starting with, you know, prayer and testimonies, getting that content right. And then you can figure out the channels of once you've identified that content to really hit the heart of, uh, of connecting with people, then you can figure out all the different channels that you can, you can actually get it out there. And uh, so I, yeah, I love, I love what you guys shared about that. What are some of the trends? I mean, we talked about some opportunities, but what are some of the new trends that, that you guys are seeing, both either on the research side, Clyde, I know you've been doing a lot of research, or on, hey, and these could be negative trends or positive trends. You know, we're, we're uh, seeing areas of privacy, security, big tech, mm-hmm. some of those things. You go, John, because John, yeah. John lives and eats and breathes this. He's, and he's very touched, I mean, out there, like in, on, some very challenging places. Well, I, I think you just mentioned them, Chad, honestly, some of them at least. Um, privacy or privacy, as my British friends would all say to me, um, is, is it's here. And so uh, I, if I put my profit, I don't even want to put my profit hat on because if I'm wrong, you'll stone me. But I will say if I was going to predict, I think what's going to end up happening with social media is that verification of individuals and of ministries or organizations or businesses will become the norm. So the world of being anonymous and just being able to, we're going to throw up a page and do this or whatever may go away. And whether that's good or bad, I, I seems like that's where I'm seeing a lot of things going with it. And Mm -hmm. so what may end up happening then is that we find that there's less people doing it. So we have to figure out ways to build more coalitions where those who do have the access can be a benefit or a conduit for those who are on the ground. Mm -hmm. And that is something I'm really experimenting in. We're getting ready to launch in one country, a countrywide initiative, but it'll have eight different organizations who are a part of the follow-up part to it. And we just run the ads. You don't need eight different orgs running ads. I'll run the ads. We have paid people that we're going to have doing the follow-up that are paid disciple makers and the online type to it. Mm-hmm. But it the boots on the ground, those people that they're not, they don't even have to have a Facebook account or YouTube or, or whatever. So 
that may be something um, that mm. I think that privacy is going to drive a ton of this. I just there's going to be some big change. There's no way it's not going to change because of the millions of dollars of fines that these massive tech organizations are facing with issues such, such as GDPR or whatever. In fact, one of the books that I've been reading is called Tools and Weapons, The Promise and the Peril of the Digital Age by Brad Smith. And it is a very powerful book that's making me see a lot of what he was talking about there starting to come true. Now, I also think that there's going to be always be some new things that are popping up as well. And so things like audio itself, uh, Clubhouse, other tech like that, where you get these groups of people and they can listen and share or whatever, whether that survives or not, I think we're I think there's going to be always these new things coming through. Mm -hmm. So as long as we have the Internet and as long as we have businesses that try to sell things, there are opportunities for those of us here on this podcast and others you know, listening to benefit from it, to leverage those things for, for God's glory. So I'm not alarmed by it, but I do think we're, things are going to change very fast and in a lot of ways is, is what I'm, I see happening out there. Maybe just a sister or companion to that is, is maybe just the security thing. I mean, John and I are involved in projects in very sensitive countries where they are Muslim yep. majority or other worldview or communist. And, and those regimes are actively scouring the digital pathways mm -hmm. to try to find and, and limit and inhibit the kind of things that John and I, many others are doing. And, yep. uh, and that's just this constant like reality of the opportunity but the risk i mean there's no risk no reward and there's there's real risk here especially in a lot of sensitive areas and you know probably you know i mean there's some hints although at a very different scale like you know in the west even um we're involved in some religious freedom things like religious freedom globally is diminishing and mm -hmm. so that that that's clearly the case in let's just say a muslim majority country or again communist but that's it's it's becoming a bigger issue and so you got big data and all of that is like it's a big ball of wax man that's all i can yeah. say yeah and one other thing to that too then as with the security is that there are some good solutions that are out there and there's some people doing some really good work with it um we've there's a lot of teams that are really struggling when it even comes to finances of how do they use some of these tools and so this is another area where I'm finding alignment. And once again, this people coming together to say, okay, this is the best tool for you for security. Or in essence, you maybe have 10 people working using Facebook. You don't need 10 people on Facebook using some of these tools that are out there. And, and so there's some really great people that are working in that because they see that reality that Clyde's talking about. They're trying to figure out how do we leverage technology to protect people. But at the end of the day, in the media to movement world, you have a human being meeting face to face with another human being and there's risk and there's no way to eliminate it. You can mitigate to only to a point, but you have nation states trying to find out who these workers are and you have people who wish to do evil. And the heroes of our, who we get to work with are the people on the ground who understand that and say yes and who wake up and who make a phone call and meet in a coffee shop with somebody knowing that the other person they may meet may wish to do harm to them, but they may also be somebody that needs to know Jesus and is asking those questions. And so um, I, I just appreciate 
the workers who understand yeah. these security risks even better than Clyde and I do and are still willing to say yes to it. Yeah. I mean, they, they put themselves at risk every day. In yes. Ways that, ways that we here in the United States may only talk about and think we're at risk, but we don't even have a clue compared to that is true. some of those others. I know we work with Voice of the Martyrs and to hear some of the stories they do is, mm -hmm. is, is amazing. Yeah. Well, guys, what is one one book or blog or resource that you've read recently that you can share that you've been impacted by that you can share with our audience? You go, John. Uh, well, I gave you one book, but I'm yeah. going to give you another book here. I could probably give you two. I, I love to read. I love the whole idea of the Amazon Kindle. Man, that's awesome <laughs> to be able to take especially with traveling, right? in my phone, on the yep. plane or wherever. Yep. Here's one, maybe you haven't heard of this one, but it's called Beautiful Resistance. Hmm. Beautiful Resistance, The Joy of Conviction in a Culture of Compromise. And the author's name is John Tyson, T-Y-S-O-N. And he was moved by Diedrich Bonhoeffer hmm. and began to look hmm. at what commonalities to the world and the political climate and everything else that we live in today and I'm moved by it. I, I believe it is a, it's just been a really good book for me. It's hmm. good. I had not heard of that one. Check that one out. How about you, Clyde? Uh, podcast would be Christian Media Marketing with John Rawls. So yours truly. I, I heard it like when it was just getting started, listened to a few episodes and I was like in the gym and they were just daisy chaining on my AirPods. I'm like, John, that's amazing. John, I'm texting this to all kinds of friends. John, this is amazing. Keep it up, bro. So Christian Media Marketing Podcast at Cap. What's the best way to find that? Kavanaughmedia.com. Well, you can just go on Apple or Spotify or wherever. Just it's, Christian Media Marketing. Yep. Okay. Okay. Here's my book. So John and I are, have the privilege of working in places where the gospel is starting to emerge. You know, I mean, 1900 to 2000, you know, basically Christianity like went to the South. North America, you know, we're declining, but, you know, in Latin or South America, it's just exploding. Western Europe is, you know, dec decaying, but Sub-Saharan Africa, Southeast Asia, like the churches is, is, is really growing. Um, so that's super cool. And that's where I spend the majority of my energy, but I live here, you know, and I, my, my kids are young adults and their peers. So the, the thing that kind of the hemorrhaging in North America is painful for me personally, as it should be, I think for all of us, like Pew came out with the research recently that, you know, in a matter of two decades, House of Worship attendance went from 70% to 47%, like a massive decline in, in, in worship, you know, and attendance in a, in a house of worship, whatever flavor. Hmm. So anyway, this book called After Doubt, I'm only halfway through by A.J. Swoboda, is a very helpful um, entreaty to those who are having doubts and it's a bit of a misleading because I think he would say we live with doubt, like doubt should never go away. But he put some different categories on it for me that um, helped me as I kind of engage with younger people who like it's kind of the topic of du jour, like, hey, I'm deconstructing and so on. So anyway, his, his, he's given me some really helpful vocabulary and some thoughts on how to mm -hmm. deal with what's the hemorrhaging in, in America. Mm -hmm. That's great. Good. Well, John and Clyde, thanks so much for joining us. How can people get a hold of you? I know uh, you've got your podcast. You go to iTunes and just do a search for church media or church marketing media. 
um, Christian media, I'm Christian sorry. media marketing, Christian yep, media marketing. Yeah. And then, yeah, they can go to my website, uh, Kavanaugh media. So it's spelled K A V A N A H media. It's actually a Hebrew word. It means focused. Okay. So that's where it comes from. And also I wanted a K in it to keep my logo for my other businesses. So there's no other spiritual reason there. Kavanaughmedia.com is where they can go for me. How about you, Clyde? Visualstory.org, just visualstory.org. Fantastic. Well, Clyde and John, thanks so much. This has been really rich, just being able to hear really the cutting edge of reaching the gospel, reaching people for the gospel Amen. around the world using, using things that 15 years ago we never would have even thought of. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, just, just thank you for what you're doing. It uh, is meaningful, it's impactful, and, and it's changing lives. So thanks for joining me today. It's been thank honor. you. Thanks.